0: In the past few years, we've witnessed explosive growth in the world of podcasting, especially during the initial COVID-19 lockdown era that birthed a ton of independent podcasts. But what comes next? Are all of those indie podcasts still around? And are you an indie podcaster yourself wondering what does the future hold? What comes next? How do you continue to grow? And does podcasting even have a future? I'm Leo Allen, and on this episode, I speak with Hector Santiesteban about these things and more. On this episode of Voluntary Input, let's talk podcasting. Never forced, never coursed. Open discussions about things in life that matter to you most. From tech to TV, movies and gaming and everything in between. Visit VoluntaryInput.com to subscribe, contact us and find out how you can support the show. Catch new episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Voluntary Input. Well, Hector, I want to thank you for coming on the show. How are you doing tonight, sir?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you for having me.
0: When you reached out, you know, we've just to give everybody a little bit of background, we've kind of been chit chatting back and forth on Twitter. Uh, before we fully get started, can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, I am a podcast producer and marketer. I spent the last, I guess now, seven years, six, seven years in the internet marketing space. Before I did that, I ran a direct sales organization and uh, had a lot of success there and met my wife and wanted to do something at home and um, we just found out we were going to have our our first kid and so uh, this internet marketing work from home thing all of a sudden started to seem really appealing and so jumped into the internet marketing space and did everything under the sun that you could do to try and make money online and landed on podcasts as a way to that's just my thing. And I do, I'm knees deep in podcasts all day. And so,
0: and you know, what's kind of cool about that too, the whole COVID thing kind of technically didn't, you know, cause a lot of people talk about adjusting to work from home. I'm, I'm like, you know, I kind of already was working, not a lot, but I work from home quite generally. So it was like, eh. so for you, I'm sure it was just like, yeah.
1: Well, the only difference <laughs> that was that, that changed was that my wife couldn't go anywhere and the kids couldn't, the wife and kids couldn't go anywhere. So, um, no, it, it it was something that I had uh, uh, moved towards because I did the opposite right out of high school. I got the, a sales job where we were doing just short of door to door. You know, we were instead of knocking on their doors, we basically would, they'd know that we were coming over before we'd we'd go in. But uh, I spent the first six years out of college um, really look, getting my sales chops, and so from that though, I learned I don't. I, I would much rather be in my office working from home doing techie nerdy stuff that and and not you know I used to run training seminars with a hundred people and it'd be an, an eight hour training seminar and at the end of the day, I would just be absolutely exhausted and I would have nothing left for she was my girlfriend at the time, but I would have nothing left for my what uh, you know my my partner, my wife and I just knew that it wasn't sustainable and I had read the you know, I read a bunch of books that year and a lot of them were about this internet marketing thing. And so I, I probably jumped into it sooner than looking back. I probably uh, could have gotten the dock a little bit or the boat a little closer to the dock before I jumped, but uh, just jumped, you know, ran a little bit through our savings quicker than I thought, but um, found a way to, you know, to float and, and here we are. And,
0: well, at least you turned it around because that can be scary. Um, very, very scary. It was the people weren't, wasn't it? The people were burning you out, weren't they? <laughs> Doing the oh, sales, a, a hundred percent.
1: I'm, I'm the most introverted person. You know, uh-huh. I could go a full week without leaving the house and love it. And my wife, by ten o'clock, if she hasn't gone outside and interacted with people, <laughs> she, sh- her, she's shaking, right? You know. And so uh, that's just me. And I'm, I've also learned that you know, a big self awareness is a big part of my journey. But yeah, that was a. That was a big part of it. Was I needed to find something where I was not interacting with, you know, sometimes two hundred people in a day, shaking their hands.
0: Oh, that could be overwhelming. Yeah. See, I I like people. I'm. I always tell everyone I'm a I'm a social introvert. Like it's hard for some people to believe. I'm actually a very shy person by nature, but oddly, I love people. Like I love your mom. Your
1: Your mother was probably some. Maybe it was a grandma. Was probably very social because my My mom. I love I, I blame her for so much of my of my mental uh, stress. But one thing I did get from her is she forced me to get out of my shell and interact with people because she's the life of the party and she has a even today she has a social calendar that puts m- my wife and I to shame and. <laughs> But in the moment, I, I always, I didn't resent her for it. It was always like, oh, mom, you know, go give your kisses, go give your hugs type yeah. thing. And I look back on it as like, if I didn't have that, I would have ended up like a weirdo.
0: Right. You know, I would have
1: right. been. Yeah. I actually,
0: been both weird. of my, both of my parents were pretty social, so. I don't
1: know. I, I
0: was just the, I was the, I'm the youngest of five. And I think that had something to do with it too. I'm <laughs> little I'm the little, I'm the little brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let's talk podcasting. What, um. So you went from internet marketing, and then you just transitioned on the podcasting. Did you transition starting podcast, or you were just marketing podcast, or how did that work Well, there
1: was an earlier thread, actually. I remember back in eighth grade, I got a student body role where I got to make the school... Newscast is what it was. We would we would basically go out and film news segments, and we would come in to and do it on iMovie, and and it was basically an excuse to get out of class. But it was my first uh, experience with content creation, and I really loved the ability to put a story together and to put you know to have these different. Kind of clips and and so I that was my first foray into it and then I I went to high school and did kind of the sports thing and the sales thing and so I, I didn't really know that I had that kind of content creation bug in me but when I got into internet marketing I had a mentor uh, Hal Elrod who wrote the uh, miracle morning um, who got me to do live videos and he said it was right when Facebook live came out and there was yeah, Facebook was Pushing lives and it was a it was a very viable marketing channel, and the problem was is that I had my own insecurities and my own imposter syndrome and my own things to get over. So I I said what what am I going to talk about? I don't have anything to talk about, and so I just decided to start interviewing people. You know, some of the people that were in my um in my world, you know, and my mentors, and and just talking about. At that point, it was about personal development and goal setting and, and just stuff that I was kind of going through. And unfortunately, at that time, I put all that stuff on YouTube. I did, obviously, the Facebook lives, but I actually didn't start a podcast at that time. And I, I'm kicking myself on it, you know, looking back because I did hundreds of interviews that are just not they're not they're on Facebook somewhere that someone has to go through a deep well to go through and find. <laughs> yeah, yeah and so-
0: dig through that timeline. Disaster.
1: You do (laughs) exactly, and so um, it took a while for me to kind of find it my footing. But all the while I'm doing this, I I have a a service agency where we're doing marketing and websites and social media was a um, a big part of it. And one of our niches that we seemed to really resonate with was podcasters, and it was because podcasters had this show that they were creating, and they were spending so much time putting a great show out that. They didn't have any time to actually market or promote it, and so for me, that that always came easy to me. If there was a an awesome product or you know something that I could get behind or something that I could believe, I mean, I could I could find ways to market it and I could find ways to get attention and eyeballs onto it. And so we really started to dig in with podcasts right about I guess like 2017 or so. Before it started, it was kind of popular, but but the idea of starting a podcast was not as popular as as it is today in, in 2022. Absolutely, so, yeah. And so over those years, we got the, the luxury of working with shows in a bunch of different niches from personal development to mental health to nonprofits to politics to sports to business and, and that, you know, the whole gamut. And so for me, it was really a gauntlet that I, you know, appreciated. And now I've been able to kind of uh, amass this you know, level of experience to where now I'm able to help shows who are either getting started or, you know, have, have, they have a show, but they just, they, they need some more attention on it. They need more listeners, more, you know, bigger audience. That's kind of where we come in now. And, um, it's been, uh, it's been nice. It's the first time that someone told me that if they were going to start a a podcast business, that they would start a podcast marketing company, you know, and for the, for so many years, I've been hearing it's too early or nobody needs it or whatever, you know, everyone wants to start one. No one wants to grow one. And so that's kind of how we got here.
0: Well, I think, Every podcaster learns quickly. I know I did that most podcasters aren't marketers. So, that's always the struggle. Oh, you can do a I can, I can do a great show, I'm I don't do marketing though. So, it's it's interesting. I was I was the other way around. I right.
1: I had to learn. I was like I can market anything. So, I just put out I just would, you know, I could even look back at the first episode of my show I was listening to my first show, actually, today. I was listening to an episode, and I said, I put that out? I put That sounds terrible. Like, yeah, I sound like a gargling robot.
0: Oh, I won't even talk about it.
1: <laughs> and, and so I had to come the other way. You know, I was the person that would just throw stuff at the wall and saw what stuck as opposed to what I'm, you know, it, it is a, a, a one-two punch, and, and one is not more important than the other. You know, they're they're equal an equal part of, of the pie.
0: Well, here's a here's a question that keeps coming up too, that first episode. Have you left it? Should a podcaster leave that first episode that's terrible or should they take
1: it down? That's a good question. Um I think if it's if it doesn't serve like for my show, I I have not replaced that content or that information and so I did I debated it and I decided that the the information is worth keeping it up but if i was a comedy show or if i was a a show where that was there was no reason for me to have that up other than just to have it up i would i would take it down i was a big proponent of and i i feel vain saying this but i was the person that if a facebook back in you know early days of of facebook organic if a facebook post didn't hit the way i sh- i thought it should i t- i deleted it
0: i didn't get enough likes
1: <laughs> I, and and you know and it was because I was I was gaming the algorithm and so we they, we and uh, we had a few friends that we knew that if we could get x amount of traction, x amount of likes within like the first 15 minutes, we knew that it, the post would take off. And if we didn't hit that point, the, there was almost no chance of that post taking off. And so we would delete it and try again, and try a new hook or try a different format or, you know, something like that. So I'm if, if, you know, if you want to keep it up, keep it up, but I'm I'm also a, a fan of taking stuff down that doesn't serve you anymore.
0: Well, I always remind people, yeah, my first episode is rough too, but I actually recorded four other ones that no one ever heard. So (laughs) that was the best at the time.
1: (laughs) I do think there is something to showing a progression.
0: Yeah, that's what I think as well.
1: And I think that there is there is that. You know, you want to respect your listener. Um, So if it's, if it's bad enough, I take it down. But, but you know, there are, are instances where it's not that bad.
0: Well, especially if you have actually have a respectable number of downloads and listens. I mean, mine did. And I, at the, I still kind of attribute it to, well, there are a lot of people that I know that listen to it, and then they spread it by word of mouth. And at that time a lot of those people weren't even listening to podcasts. So in a way I kind of helped introduce them to the world of podcasts. So they were like, Oh, this is great. And then they went on to other stuff. So now it, for that very reason, other than, you know, I don't think it's horrible. It's not the best. It doesn't sound as good as it sounds now, but it has some respectable download numbers. I'm like, well, I'm not taking it down because every once in a while I'll look at it and the numbers are still, <laughs> it will go up again. I'm like, well, people, cause sometimes when people discover your show I tell people this all the time. When I first discover your show, I listen to your most recent episode. Then I listen to the one just before that. And then I go all the way back to the beginning to your first one. That's how I do it. I'll listen to your first, you know, your latest two, and then go back to the beginning. And I think that happens to my show
1: all the time too. You're nice, you're kind. I think there are some people, however, who do skip that most recent one. I think that you, you being a podcaster, you know, hey, I'm not going to judge this person and and their show quality by by their their first show. So let me listen to their most recent one, and then, then we'll kind of work back. And so I think there's something to that, right? I think that that there's absolutely something something to that. You you do bring up a good point in that people now, you know, four even three four years ago, you had to kind of explain what a podcast was to to somebody. Today, there's almost that almost doesn't hap- happen. Most most people at least have the concept of what a podcast is my dad doesn't but my, my, my dad also didn't know what the home button was on his phone either. Uh, so I don't right. I don't judge I don't, you know I he's not a very good indicator of things but that that is becoming uh, a bigger thing and, and someone asked me if they thought that the podcast industry was going to be around or if it was a worth sticking around for and in its current form, I, I don't know, but people are going to be listening to stuff forever. Yeah. You know, they're not they're not going. To, that's not going away. They've been sitting around campfires and listening to people tell stories forever.
0: Yeah, I mean, since you were a baby, somebody was reading to you. It's kind of the same thing, you know. You just have you have audio.
1: Well, what I've been on a I got into podcasting through the interview side, and most of the shows that we worked with, at least early on, were in the business space, and so it was very. Internet, or excuse me, it was very interview, back and forth, this person asking this person questions. And what wasn't as much of my world was the audio dramas, the narratives, the the fictions, the true crime, this this kind of world. And it's only recently where I've started to kind of open my myself up to that. But I think that once people realize that I mean, the the vast majority of t- television programming is not interviews; it's stories. I mean, the vast majority of of, of programming that, that people are enjoying is some sort of story-based thing. It's not a news or an interview show. That's act- or even like a documentary. It's actually a very small part of what people are watching. But for podcasts, it's actually a very large percentage of it. And so, as the as that as the mass market starts to adopt it, I think that that's going to people are going to start to realize that a podcast is more than just two people talking and going back and forth, that there's some really cool stories and experiences. And, um, you know, I didn't think, have you heard Will Smith's audiobook?
0: No, I haven't. I I'm, uh, his latest. Are you a Will one.
1: Smith fan? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: I, I've just finished his national geographic thing. It was a little weird, but it was very interesting because I love to learn stuff like that. So to see him doing I... it, <laughs>
1: I think the book is going to do well, but I think that his audiobook will go down as a literary feat or a literary turning point. I mean, it was something so different than anything I've ever I've listened to a lot of audiobooks. It was so different than anything I've ever I've ever experienced in in an audiobook. He was rapping, there was music. He, you know, he was incorporate there was a little bit of, of uh, uh, a other people's voices and stuff. So it was a, it was a real audio experience that i think more and more people are going to i already know people are starting to adopt you know more celebrities they're like i want to write you know my biography like that because obviously the critical success that he had right but um, more people are going to be uh open to this format of of listening entertainment so i don't think that's ever going to go away
0: well that's radio right and you know what's interesting you said that someone um people ask you do you think podcasting will still be around. And I was just about to bring up I remember when audiobooks were first coming out and people said the same thing. Well, Who wants to listen to someone read a book? You know, and then a few of them came out and then people started saying, "Yeah, but is this even going to last?" And it, and then you bring that up and now yeah, look at look at audiobooks now.
1: It's it's really the evolution. And I think that another big thing in like the podcasting space is whether or not indie shows can compete or stick around or, you know, if they can make it. And the challenge that isn't even the creator's fault is that consumers are just, their tastes are going to evolve. And so their expectations of what they put, you know, even YouTube, the, the, the most popular YouTube videos 10 years ago were you know, home videos of cat you know, it was just very the cat it was a video different ballgame. Yeah, right. Yeah. <clears throat> it was a very different ball game to whereas now there's production that's needed and there's there's all these different elements. And the same thing is happening to um you know, in the audio space. And so the the independent hobby podcaster who you know, just hops on a mic and doesn't do any editing or doesn't do any production and just, you know, expects to throw it up there and, and to be this wild success. Those are going to go by the wayside. But but I don't think that... But I still believe that, at least right now, if someone wants to start something and they create a good enough product, there still is the path and the avenue to success. To success. I mean, well, you, you
0: have a... Uh nicer view of the indie future than I do. (laughs) I uh it's a
1: closing gap.
0: I often I've tweeted about it before too. I actually I think something a bit more sinister is coming. Um and it's gonna be because it's gonna be because of money. And on the one hand I could see yeah this is exactly why this is gonna happen. On the other hand I'm disappointed that I if it happens. But I I do believe that it's gonna come to a point because there is this saturation of indie podcasts. I mean, we all know that. And like you said, there's, there's still tons of them. People don't edit. They don't worry about sound quality, whatever. It's a podcast. They have lots of fans, whatever. But I, I predict that there's going to be, there's going to come a moment of reckoning where you have the bigger giants like Apple. Now it, it, it also requires, I don't know what This, you know, what podcast, how much space on their infrastructure it takes, it takes up, you know, but nothing is free space. Is not free? So eventually they're going to, I feel they're going to come to a point where they're going to say, you know, we're going to have to start cleaning house basically. And I have a feeling it's going to start with, well, You can no longer host, will no longer host any podcast for free. So for example, you can no longer just dump an RSS feed into Apple podcasts and have your show show up. You're going to have to start paying for that. And it's going to trickle down. Now there's already paid host services, you know, and they offer things like great analytics and whatnot. But you know, when people are depending on, I like to call them the big dogs, like Apple, I have a feeling that eventually they're going to come to a point where they say, you know, for one we want this podcasting thing to be more attractive to advertisers and other revenue channels, so we can't just have shows littered everywhere. And for to this stuff, hosting these things, it's taking up space that we could be doing something else with. And you know, there's 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 tons of abandoned podcasts too, so they're going to start getting rid of those. And honestly, that's just that's you know that's what i think is coming eventually and like i said it's going to have a lot to do with money uh it's going to be pay to get on and then i think eventually on down the line you'll have to you know there have been some instances to get advertising you have to have a minimal listenership i think eventually that minimal listenership may even come to 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 the it may even come to the point where you can't even be on here unless you have x amount of listeners
1: well that's kind of interesting because I've seen the the I think there's going to be a rise of niche platforms, right? You know, there I saw one that it's a it's a true crime podcast platform that you know is really I would imagine focused on, you know, growing community and helping people discover new shows and things like that. And so, you know, you might have this this tiered thing where you have to start in the small leagues, you know, or small start start on these other platforms and kind of work your way there. But I, I just even even the scenario that you um that you put out, I, I think that having a sort of some sort of gate um is not a bad thing. No, you that's
0: know? why I said on the one hand I can see it as, yeah, they may need to do this. But, you know, on the other hand it would be sad to see that so many people will get cut out potentially
1: right yeah. I mean, you could still publish a podcast. I don't think RSS there are still so many people in the industry who are fighting for this open sourceness right yeah. like uh, you know the the podcast index I don't, I'm not sure if you're if you're kind of yeah. familiar yeah. with that right like that that whole project where I think I think that will win out because I think that you're gonna have this Spotify which is going to become a closed network and yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be what YouTube is and it's gonna be this place where you know you can you know where you can go but you're gonna play on their turf. And um, but I think that the 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 video create there wasn't as strong of a indie video industry or scene that caused the need for you know them to all also host everything on Vimeo you know just in case whereas that is really well the one the thing that
0: the one thing that especially once Google did, uh, took over YouTube well, the one thing that they did was they said well you know what's going to happen is all the good stuff is just going to bubble up to the top anyway. So we don't really have to do anything, and so they generate enough revenue that it's like, eh, we'll just leave it pretty much as it is, right? Because all the eyes are really on what's the quote unquote best stuff.
1: I mean, I think Apple botched it. I think. I, uh, I, me too. <laughs> Go ahead, you like, tell me. <laughs> like. I, I mean, obviously they're they're doing their own thing, but I think that they missed they missed the the golden egg that was lying in their nest.
0: Absolutely. That's what I was going to say too. Yep. they,
1: they just, And they I don't,
0: mean, and I tell people this all the time. I don't mean to cut you off. You know, we're, we're all beholden to, oh, but you got to have Apple. You got to have those Apple reviews because, you know, the use of their API, you know, everybody has to be on Apple, but Apple doesn't do anything for podcasting. It's, they haven't even changed the icon and when <laughs> it's the same. <laughs>
1: the their app is actually one of my least least favorite apps. I <laughs> I only check it just to make sure that my shows are correct on on
0: Me know, too. That's the on, only time I on, look on, at on.
1: it. So, yeah, yeah, it's just unfortunate. And obviously they have bigger maybe they have bigger fish to fry, but but I don't but I feel like it's a pretty big fish um that that they just kind of just left to the wayside and and I think they that they they like I don't see them ever reclaiming the momentum that that spotify has taken
0: and that's why i said it's going to start with them they're going to be the ones when this when my uh, dystopian future for indie podcast comes to pass it's going to start with apple i have a feeling it's going to start with them
1: And it's going to be, it's got to be so expensive for them to, to do what they're doing.
0: Yeah. They're to just leave it. And you know, you know, everybody knows how Apple is when they do something, they tend to try to do the best at it, especially where money is involved. So unfortunately I think they're going to start looking at, because especially how there's been this big podcast, boom, I'm sure they're looking at this going, Hmm, we need to turn this around a little bit. And get... Well,
1: yeah. I mean, they rolled out their their subscriptions, right? Which I think has been a lackluster kind of reception of it, right? Um, and and I've heard that. What's interesting is that I still hear that once it catches on, like once once it hits the 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 tipping point, it's gonna tip. It's just the fact that Apple hasn't put enough effort into getting it to tip at all. You know the the they, they've talked about the the frictionless ability between. You know the to buy with iCloud or Apple Pay right through the podcast app mm-hmm. is just so seamless, and that 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 transaction is so um, frictionless that the fact that that hasn't caught on is 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 more so pointing to their just lack of promotion of it, right? Not not because it's not a great you know product, essentially.
0: And to be honest, I find it odd how they just seem to ignore it like it just sits there. Well, there's, there's Apple Podcasts. <laughs> but again, but all of us, you know, especially in the indie space, we're beholden to it. It's like you have to have people listening to you on Apple if you want your numbers.
1: <laughs> I think that narrative is changing. I started a, I had an idea for a daily sports podcast on uh, I think we, you saw the tweet about this. I had that idea on Wednesday. today. we put it on our first episode, and we're actually not on Apple yet, simply for the fact that it was so easy to get on Spotify
2: yeah. i mean
1: it was it, it was so it's so easy, and maybe to their maybe they're gonna run into the problem that Apple did when they just had all of this mess of shows, which I, I know they're kind of running into some some issues when it comes to uh, piracy and and all this kind of stuff. but um it was so easy. And, and Spotify, I really like their recommendation algorithm in their app.
0: I hear that all the time too.
1: I really like, I actually like, I pay attention to their, to their, their podcast recommendations because A, because I'm just looking, but they actually are giving me some good ones that, you know, they're, they're tracking me and they're seeing what I'm listening to. And then they're going and doing their thing and finding other shows that, that would work. And so for me, I'm, I'm almost not concerned necessarily about Apple because, Apple's not doing anything f- to promote me, anyways. They're not, they're not throwing me in any recommendations or they're not. So, unless I'm going to be out there beating the drum, anyways, I'm not missing out on it yet. And will I get there, when we put it up, yeah, it's on my list to do. But I think that that also speaks to what's what's happening as well is that people are going to realize that Apple is, is not, it's, it's, it's moving away from that must have. Obviously you want to be there, but it's not a, a must have anymore.
0: That yeah, I say it all the time and people call me crazy. Well, they say, well, you don't, you don't understand, you know, I'm like, yeah, I understand, but what are they doing for you? <laughs> They're not doing anything for us at all. I mean, and I'm not necessarily harping on Apple because that's obviously just not their focus. You know, they, Like you said, they have bigger fish to fry. They have, let's just call it more important things to worry about than, you know. I mean, my understanding is they they started the podcast app just to give validity to the the first uh, iPad anyway. It had really nothing to do with podcasts themselves. It was, well, it's not just for listening to music. You can also listen to, you know, they kind of made it sound like you're listening to radio on this little device but it's like
1: well i, I remember i remember i don't know did you, did you ever have to download the podcasts off of itunes and then upload them into your ipod
0: well i had an iphone and okay. so back then you had to first you had to download the uh the uh, podcast app onto the phone and then yeah you had to download and then uh oh uh, These are some of the things that, so I don't do, you know, everybody who listens to the show knows that in my personal life, I'm, I'm all Android because (laughs) the things like that, that Apple has done over the years, I'm like, no, I don't have time for that. That's just too much for me. But, but yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Do you sometimes find yourself scrolling through the internet looking for articles to read only to find that you can't read through them all because you have other things going on? What if someone could read them to you while you tackle other tasks? Well, Let me tell you about Newsly. Newsly is an all-in-one audio super app for iOS and Android. It picks up web articles about the most trending topics at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural human voice. Simply put, the entire internet becomes listenable, all in one place. Browse articles from topics you choose and you can follow any topic as specific as you'd like. From sports to science to bitcoin, it will find you the latest articles and read them to you aloud. And guess what? They have podcasts as well. Explore trending podcasts from over 50 countries. And yes, this podcast, voluntary input is there too. Download and use Newsly for free now. Follow the Newsly link and use the promo code in the show notes of this episode and receive a one month free premium subscription. So again, If you ever find yourself scrolling through daily articles, stop scrolling and start listening. Follow the Newsly link and use the promo code in the show notes of this episode and receive a one month free premium subscription. So. Let's let's talk about some of the things that uh we indie struggle with and we all talk about it all the time. What are some things you would say? You know, a lot of indie podcasters start talking about, yeah, the show's going great. I've spent all this money, things are going good. Now my downloads are slowing down or my listens are slowing down. What is going on? What happened?
1: I was on a, a phone call with a, a new podcast host He launched a, a few weeks ago. I think it's about three or f- three, five episodes in, something like that. And we were talking about who his ideal listener was, and I asked him who is you know who who does he think he's he's attracting to his audience, and he said anyone between like eighteen to thirty five, you know with that's socially conscious and you know wants to to help the environment. I said okay, I like the the socially conscious part, the environment part. That's 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 great because his show is you know about um, change, uh, environmental uh, issues and and things like that. And so, but the problem was, is that I asked him, do you know any 18-year-old that's doing the same thing as another 35-year-old? Or like, can you can you think of an activity or a thing that both those people enjoy? It's almost impossible. And so the challenge was, is that if you're trying to make something for everybody, you end up making something that nobody can really enjoy or that nobody relates with. And so he was a 20-something-year-old. Kid, I see kid, he's a few years younger, but he seemed like a kid. And it was probably too far out to be, you know, 18 or younger because those people don't have a lot of independence. They don't have a lot of responsibility. And then above 35, similarly, they've got family, they've got other things. And so what he was really, who what he realized is he was actually talking to a 20 something year old who doesn't have a family who doesn't have a ton of responsibilities who can actually pick up their life and go you know to these places that actually need need you know help and need change and so all of a sudden when he had that realization he he realized that the show he was making was not actually for the person he wanted to attract and so I think that that's where a lot of shows miss is they just they get in they just jump in and they start they go straight to the topic, or they go straight to the idea, or they go, or even worse, they, they think about like, what do I want to talk about, you know? And that's like, that's fine, but all of a sudden if you want other people to listen to you, you know, you've got to have some consideration, some empathy, and some, some respect f- for them. And so that's usually the first place that we end up starting is just identifying who their, their ideal listener actually is and, and really honing in on that.
0: Yeah, I hear that a lot. I hear that a lot. And some people bucket that some people will say, well, that's just not, that's just not how I do my show though. I mean, I've said that myself before. I'm like, well, that's not really how I do this show. But, but the, you know, the honest truth is, especially you can even just look at your, um, you can look at your analytics and you could tell who's listening. And it's like, well, what keeps that group of people why are they this high on the graph while the rest of them are down here what what? so that's what i do when i see this group of people i'm like well i'm going to keep aiming at them because obviously they're the ones who keep coming back
1: i i started a a a sports podcast because i i i spend too much time paying attention to sports that i had to find a way to turn it into a uh a hobby that could eventually make money and, and you know, a business. But the reason I say that is I think with a show, there has to be some some thread that pulls things together. And a lot of times that thread can be the individual and it's done really well if that person is captivating is that person is relatable if they're consistent if they're authentic if they're all those things and the person actually attaches to the individual then that person has a lot more freedom to talk about whatever they want to talk about right i'd imagine something like this where you're not beholden to a particular topic right they're they're beholden to your curiosities and your connections. Right. Which, right. And which, I hope which, I, let which I let people
0: you know into. that coming in. I try all the time to tell them, hey, you, you know what this is about.
1: <laughs> right. Well, I'd, I'd imagine so. I think a lot of people, they they miss that where I've got a show that's just about podcasting. You know, it's a podcast about podcasting. It's like, it's pretty meta. And so if I started to talk about sports on there, even if I just started to mix it in I feel like I wouldn't be respecting the listeners enough because that's not what they're there for. That's not what they're there to enjoy. And so that's why I had to, you know, I decided to, to start another show. And with podcasting, you know, you're you kind of have the luxury to have, you know, different shows, uh, you know, under you on a YouTube channel. Maybe it's it's a little bit different. But that was a <clears throat> a big thing um, for me. Was just well, I don't know. I don't even know how we got here. But but the. the <laughs> The, it's a voluntary that, that, input
0: rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, that's how we got down this rabbit hole. <laughs> I, I can take you there quickly before you realize it. Here we are.
1: <laughs> but podcasting, right? Like, I, I think that you have a a tool to reach a lot of people, and that it's a it's a it's a power that people aren't aren't respecting. They're thinking, oh, I just make this podcast. I'm just going to throw this this up here. People are are going to listen, right? Kind of like that "build it and they will come" mentality, and and the opposite is is true um, for podcasting, especially because of what we talked about, where the platforms aren't aren't really doing a whole lot of work to help you. You've got to you've got to really drive your own ship. So that's that's why I think people can't um, or or they shouldn't take as much liberty with their show in the sense of just doing it how they want to do it. I think that's how kind of how we got there was, you know, people should just have more respect for their listener, for their audience. And, and if they come at it from that perspective, they're going to end up creating a show that people are going to enjoy more.
0: And so that some people will say, well, this is my hobby. This is all I'm doing as a hobby. What you're talking about is more, yeah, for the listener, but it sounds like you're trying to start talking about making money, and I've never really done this to start making money. I'm just doing it for the fun of it. Would you think that that's a? I,
1: I would say two things. The first is, if it's a hobby, it's a hobby for sure. One way I heard it put put brilliantly was that like you don't get upset about spending money at the golf, you know, playing golf. You just you go into it knowing you're going to spend a hundred bucks, you know, you, you, each, you just know, you, you don't get upset at that expense or you don't try and golf without spending any money. Like it's really like, you don't just golf out in your front lawn, right? Like there, because a of stink. all the reasons, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, right. Like there, there are, it, it's, it's a hobby and, and that hobby requires money. And so, Having some sort of sustainability plan for the show, I think, is something that people don't realize because if it is a hobby, that's fine. Make sure that you have some sort of way to sustain it, even if that is that you're going to be funding it through your own, you know, through through other means, the same way that you would be funding a golf hobby. So that's how I would, that's how I would say that, is that if it is truly that, then then kind of understand, you know, have have that perspective that just because it's a hobby doesn't mean that someone shouldn't spend money on it. And all of a sudden, if we're going to spend money on it, how we sustain it, whether we fund it ourselves or the way that we create, a, you know, a self-sustaining system from the show, I think is, is is fine. On the other side of that, though, if it is going to be a hobby – those people, I think they put too much emotional attachment into the size of their show or people's response to it. And it's like, if it's a hobby, why are you upset that nobody likes it?
0: Or that your listeners are dropping off.
1: Exactly. You're just it's, doing
0: it. For, all right, all right.
1: Right. And, and so, and, and then on the other side of it, if it is a hobby and you do care about the listeners, then... Or you do care about it, you know, creating a, a uh, an audience and, and creating something that's that's worthwhile. Well, then all of a sudden, now you're talking about a media entity, and similarly, those things cost money. Those things, you know, they have budgets, and and regardless of where those that money comes, um, it's going to be a necessity in order to create a quality product. So, so that's how I would come at it. I do think that um, there is this balance between art and and monetization and especially the indie podcast community is very fiery about monetization oftentimes and and doing it the right way and I think that that's that's an important part of the industry and in, in keeping it you know independent but um, I also don't think that they're mutually exclusive you know I I I also think that, you know, that funding and art are, I mean, they go back, you know, the, the, to the Renaissance and the patrons. And it's like, you know, the, there, there is a, a necessity between resources and, and art or resources and, and in this case, media. And so I come at it from a very practical place and I also come at it from, uh, just because we have sponsors doesn't mean that – it get, doesn't give me the right to spam the crap out of you and doesn't give me the right to – just just because I can put a, a bunch of ads on my show doesn't mean that I should. And and I think that, that understanding that delicate balance – I took over um, for a network uh, this past July, and I remember one of the shows that we, I took over for um, was a, a really – popular show and it was <clears throat> actually a you know, spent a lot of time in the charts. I think it peaked out at number three or four, something like that and, and um, but the ratings were just in the tanks. The reviews were just, <laughs> they were terrible. It was one star after one. There were so many like, and they were all talking about how it was just filled with ads and it was just, it felt such like a spammy experience. And so one of the first things that we did was trying to figure out well, how do we balance these two things? Because we have these sponsors who are who are supporting the show, they're sustaining the show, and these sponsors are are paying uh, pretty handsomely to to reach this audience, so so that can't go away because, you know, we have to have some, some way to sustain ourselves. But on the other hand, our, our listeners are clearly saying that this can't stay, you know, we can't keep it this way. And so we we ended up adjusting the formatting of the show. We ended up cutting down a little bit on the amount of sponsors. We cut down on the uh, length of the sponsors. And and right after that change, we didn't change anything in the content. We just created a better ad listening experience. And the ratings and reviews immediately turned around.
0: I wonder if some of those ads were those ones that just cut people off mid-sentence. That drives me crazy.
1: It, that and there was there was three three minute blocks of ads that they were running you know it, it was what? a technical it was a technical glitch that that caused this and people oh, okay. and they didn't have a um a, a podcast guy doing it so this glitch just ran on for months and it was just basically playing double the amount of ads that were supposed to get played um and so people would people would start the episode, and they'd get sometimes six minutes of ads and pre-roll. Oh my god! I, see, I wouldn't, I
0: wouldn't even listen to that.
1: Right, right, yeah. I, I mean, I was, these people yeah. were there. I'm sure we had way more people who dropped off than the ones who complained through the reviews. You know, I can't oh, absolutely because the the, the the downloads were just going like this, and we made the switch, and it just it turned around. You know, so those types of things where you have to. I don't know if it's a level of respect or empathy or or whatever it is, Um, courtesy, consideration, you know, all things I try and uh, work on with my two and three-year-old, but um, all those things help as well.
0: And plus what would make people angry is if they're all saying that in reviews, but no one's doing anything about it, that makes people feel like, well, they don't even care anyway. So they're not even listening to our feedback. So whatever, I'll just move on to something else. And I'm glad you brought up the, the, uh, the golf analogy and a hobby because I often say, you know, this podcast is birthed out of a hobby, birthed out of my own curiosity. But, you, but you're right. You can't, and I have other hobbies. I've had other hobbies throughout the years, and they all cost something. I don't know of a free hobby. <laughs> so, no running. Yeah. You need shoes, you need the apparel. <laughs> it's going to cost you something.
1: And so that perspective, I think just relieves some of the people of the pressure of having to like, man, how do I do this without, without, because I think they either, they kind of go one of two ways. They either go the, all right, I'm just going to bootstrap this and we're going to record in my closet on my headphones and you know, whatever, or they go the other way, which I've seen people do is okay. I'm going to get the best mic. I'm going to spend $600 on this. I'm going to, you know, all this, this tech, all this gear that I've no idea what to do, but some article told me that it was the best one for podcasting. So I'm going to go ahead and get it. And then now they're $800 in the hole before they even get started. So they're just, it's just, I think it crushes yeah. their expectations of, uh, you know, they're just kind of starting from behind already. Well,
0: that brings us to the next, would you say that a lot of that came from the, I mean, let's face it, COVID birthed a lot of podcasts. Do you think that that people diving in like that was because of you know, and I know a lot of, I know a lot of indie podcasters and I've heard many of them say, you know, we were sitting at home, there was nothing to do lockdown. So we decided to start a podcast. Now, fortunately, most of the ones I know, they didn't run out and spend a bunch of money. They were like, eh, I'm just going to do it. But I do know some that did. And unfortunately, a lot of them went away. You know, they didn't last or
1: there's something called pod fade i don't know if you're from the first with six episodes
0: term. and then you're on
1: yeah something like that seven eight some something like that but basically you know the vast majority of people don't make it past the 10 yeah, i've always
0: heard it's six and maybe it's 10 by now yeah.
1: and what well i'm i just say 10 because you know the, the they definitely aren't getting there it's six i've i've seen seven you know for me I my first pod first podcast that I started um, I got to nine and then uh, I had my first kid no no excuse me my wife went into the hospital two months early for our second one so <laughs> so put that one on, on pause so that's why I say you know whatever that number is people don't make it pass a lot and I think a big part of it is their expectations of what. Their expectations. I started this this sports podcast. I have almost zero expectations of of any listeners. I mean, and and I'm I'm almost I'm doing it as an experiment and also as a passion project and and as a as a kind of a way to test and stuff. But but one thing I'm I'm being very conscious of is removing any expectations of how quote unquote successful it's going to be in in whatever time frame I've deemed for myself. And and I think that that's also what a lot of podcasters miss is they they've created this this arbitrary time frame that they have to be passed blank by and oftentimes that number that level is set before they have any real understanding of what the process or the journey is actually like. And so they make up this, this crazy number in their head, then they get to the reality of it, and all of a sudden they're nowhere close to where they thought they were going to be, and so they give up or, or you know, they find reasons to stop. And I, I was one of those, right? I, my first podcast, I was like, oh, we're going to hit the top charts and whatever, and it's, we didn't, we didn't. And so all of a sudden I had this, this, you know, this decision to make of like, is this even worth? You know, you you have all this worth talk, you know, this time that it takes the effort, whatever, you know, all that stuff. And so I think that removing the expectations, um, can help people get a lot further. um,
0: Especially an expectation of money. Um, Oh, oh, unfortunately, uh, quite a few people. Oh, well I, I can do this for free and then make a lot of money. (laughs) I always try to tell people, get the make a lot of money part out of your mind. You can potentially make money, but don't think make a lot. You can make a lot of money, but don't go in thinking that you're going to. <laughs> like you said, set expectations. Be careful with your expectations.
1: And it can be, if done the right way, it can be monetized. And you know, one that, that's another reason why I started the sports show is because I realized that my... The show that I have, which is just for podcasters, is a very, very niche, narrow, super narrow audience that um, is not is not for a wide variety of advertisers. On the other hand, though, this sports show we we designed it with the intention of being very, very. Easy for for advertisers in the sense that we know our our audience, the listeners that are gonna, we are gonna track. They are locally based. We've set up a show that we can. Um, we've we've designed the show and structured and formatted the show to where there's ease that we can easily drop in dynamically inserted ads in there, so that the the structure is already there. And we've also made sure that a business can advertise for fifty dollars, or you know, we they can advertise for f- five or fifty thousand dollars. You know, we've starting to put together sponsor packages for all, you know, shows of, of the entire length, knowing that it's much easier to get a you know, to to collect and get a group of rabid sports fans together and 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 monetize that type of audience than it is to monetize an audience of podcasters. Now now I have the show and it makes sense because, you know, we get clients and that's kind of what we do and so the show is a great branding tool and obviously, you know, it's a great opportunity to Meet and connect to other podcasts, so it has its business, you know, um, purpose. But it it was not set up to monetize, and I think that some shows can be. Uh, if yeah, right yours it's not
0: a general audience podcast, basically. What you're saying, like it's it's more
1: right. for yeah, right.
0: That's all. Yeah. Um, now, some shows I do know that hit the ground running as an indie going as soon as they started they were monetized but the ones that i've seen that did that they actually took an entire year of planning and they they built all this stuff before they even released their first episode so i think that's yeah that's always possible and i i've seen it like as soon as they as soon as their first episode launched they were already monetized because they did the work first
1: yeah they created the value you know I had a, a guest, Jack Reciter. I Do know I Jack. know Jack <laughs> Reciter? You know, you
0: know I love Jack
1: Reciter. <laughs> <laughs> Darknet
0: Diaries. Yeah, so Jack is a is a Absolutely. brilliant guy. Yeah, he hosted yeah. Darknet
1: Diaries, and um, one thing that he mentioned on on our interview was that he didn't have any way to monetize his show, but he was just creating such a quality product, and his people, his audience was enjoying it so much that they reached out to him enough. Asking him how can they support that he finally had to create a patreon just to send those people I've heard that I've listened to that. Yeah, and and I think that that same thing happens, right? It's it's the, the 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 podcast gives you a vehicle to deliver value from for people and Whether or not you deliver that value before the show launches or after if you deliver value to people People are going to you know people pay a lot of money to go to comedy shows people pay, you know people pay for entertainment and So, so if you can entertain somebody, you know, you now have that opportunity to, you know, it's not, it's not, that's the reciprocation, right? And I think that a lot of people miss that is that, um, media is valuable. People, people are, you know, getting real value or they should be getting real value, whether that's through entertainment or education, um, That's why you should be creating. And I
0: think that's never going away. So to answer the question uh, before, when someone asked you, do you think podcasts will be around? I think it will be. I don't think it's going anywhere. It's going to change, but it's not going anywhere. But everything changes. I mean, television changed. You know, we went from everybody's watching over the air television to everybody just Netflix and chill, right? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, not a lot of chilling around my house well, these you know. days. A, lot of, a lot of screaming and, and, uh...
0: that's 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 netflix and adulting that's a different thing yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 so what do you so you obviously you you work on marketing you help people market podcasts so some indies will say you know myself included run into this well okay, let's say I get the monetization down. Let's say I get, you know, everything together. I'm not underwater. I didn't spend a lot of money, you know, I'm doing well, but I'm horrible at marketing. I can't, I don't know if I can afford to pay somebody. What are some things I can do on my own to at least keep putting myself out there marketing wise?
1: That's such a a great question and such a tough question because I am the opposite. I am, Anything, everything, excuse me, anything but a marketer or everything except, I don't know. I was, my, my mom told me this. She said, she told me this recently, and I, it's funny that she said this, but she said that I used to spend more time watching commercials than the actual show. And she said, you always, you always were into commercials. And I was like, really? That's kind of, I mean, I'm still into commercials. I still am me fascinated too. by the Hulu ads and I'm, you know, breaking down the demographics and what, you know, so I'm very into that. But, um, On the other hand, I think that most people don't have my brain, right? Don't have my nerdiness, and so the answers, the simple answer to that question is to meet and connect. Like the best, pot, the best marketing is connecting with people, right. right? You know, whether and and you can do that through however you do that. You know, I've I've met people that their best podcast marketing is by going to live events, going to in-person mixers in-person networking, meeting people there and going, "Oh yeah, if, you know, let's stay connected. Follow me, listen to my podcast." And that that's the way that they're, you know, they're just every every week or every month or however, often, you know, they're just making sure that they're out in the community meeting people and just directing people back to their show. And so that can be done. That same kind of concept can be done on Twitter, or that same kind of concept can be done on social or, you know, in some of these Reddits. I mean, the thing is just to be seen and around. The people who are going to enjoy your show, and you don't have to be saying like, "Hey, listen to my show, listen to my, listen, listen to my show." If you're just around and you're just a cool person, whether that's online by you know, um, giving people support or posting insightful comments or you know, um, congratulating people, if you're if you're just around, people people will go and and they'll check you out and see like, who's this this Leo guy? Oh, he's <laughs> Oh, he's got a podcast. Oh, let me, uh. let me check. You know, and and you leave a comment on their on their po- on their tweet or on their post, and five minutes later down the rabbit hole, they're you know they're a couple buttons in and they clicked onto your podcast. And so that's, you know, if someone's not a marketer, if someone is not gonna you know think about systems or content or all these kinds of other ways that we try and you know game and accelerate the process, if they're just out meeting people that are in their potential audience. And they're just making it easy for those people to go to the show, whether, you know, whether it's through a business card or, you know, having a QR code that someone can scan or putting your link in your Twitter bio or just all these kind of breadcrumbs tactics um, that, that are really just easy to set up. They don't have to, like, try right. very hard. They don't have to try to market. They can just, you know, the, the best marketing I've ever done for my podcast was just joining Twitter and just connecting with other podcasters on Twitter, like just, just like what we, you know, the way, same way we got connected, I, who knows how we got together. I just, I follow podcasts and I just comment on other podcasters. And I'm you know, in, in, trying to be involved in the community and not be a doucher. That's my
0: and, secret sauce right there. Anyone who's on Twitter knows that that's, that's what I, <laughs> that's what I do. I mean, I, first of all, I love the, the podcasting community. I mean, you know, you hear people talk about, oh, social media, Twitter is so toxic. And I always tell them, not my Twitter. You know, I tell people all the time, you know, people try to demonize all the algorithms. And I try to remind people, those algorithms only give you what you feed them. I feed mine some of the coolest indie podcasters. And guess what comes back? Some more cool indie podcasters. And it just keeps
1: going. Right. Yeah. 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 T- taking control of your your uh, algorithm, taking control of your even your notifications, right? Like, yeah. I don't I don't let anything ping my phone. Like, you know, it's got to be the. I get upset when you know they tell me about a flood warning. <laughs> <Like that. laughs> you hate amber alerts? <laughs> I can't say that. No, you can't. <laughs> Those <laughs> no, are really loud. <laughs> the, you, you know what? The one the ones I will say the silver alerts are a little much. <laughs> Have you gotten those? I had to ask what those were. Oh, uh, that's and said, for a
0: oh. uh, missing elderly person. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Do we need? Do you need to wake me up at three a.m. <laughs> well, we're on JoJo. Okay, probably fine. Probably. Probably. <laughs> Who knows? But in any case, I, people are probably going to upset me for saying that. Um, but in any case, yeah, that's uh, that's huge. It's, it's just taking control of, of of your your input. You know.
0: And I feel like I've been preaching that for like the past 10 years, especially when, you know, the media kept ramping up about, oh, this is how horrible tech is. And, you know, volunteer but this is primarily a tech show. So I always try to, you know, we try to tell people, no, this is how this works. First of all, how do you think ads get to you? It's not by accident. How do you think you get friend suggestions? It's not by accident. It's not magic. It's based on what you've been doing. <laughs> all along surprise surprise so yeah like you said just that that basic marketing of connecting with other people within your social media circles and it will just keep building out and just building out and next thing you know you like you said you have those breadcrumbs leading back to you and then you start getting more listeners I love it you you gave away my secret though but I asked for it didn't I (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, well it's our secret then so well not
0: anymore <laughs> well we're running on about an hour I don't want to keep you too much longer um, where can people find you you mentioned your podcast and you have a sports podcast is it out now or
1: it, yeah it is the best place is um, come find me on twitter hector underscore podcast that's the easiest place and then you can find my podcast show uh, you can also find the, the sports show on there as well but um, twitter is the best place
0: Twitter is the place to be. I try to tell people that all the time. Come to Twitter. Have fun. <laughs> well, thanks once again, Hector. We'll go ahead and wrap up. Like I said, we're running on an hour. We try to keep it at least about an hour or lower. You know, we don't want to lull people to sleep too much. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Not with this podcast.
0: Uh, no, please don't. Don't go to sleep. Don't check out. We'll go ahead and wrap up now. As always, if you have any questions, comments, Show ideas, just go to voluntaryinput.com. First of all, that's where you can find all the previous episodes, all of our previous videos. You can select contact us if you have any questions or comments or show ideas, like I said. Or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, just click where it says register as a guest. And actually a lot of people been coming. So hurry because we're booking out. We're I think we're booked up out into July at this point, which is awesome. Wow. So it's a good problem. It is a good problem. Yeah, it is. It's a fun problem, too. Because, again, I I love doing this. I really do. And I hope people really enjoy the show. So keep coming back. Thanks for having me, though. All right. Anytime. You can come back anytime you like, and we can chit-chat some more about anything, obviously. So, (laughs) all right. Take care. We'll see you next time.
2: Hello, everyone. My name is Nick. I'm the host of Nikolai's Kitchen, and I'm also the host of the annual Livestream for the Cure. Livestream for the Cure is a charity event where we raise money with content creators and podcast partners from around the world for the Cancer Research Institute, a wonderful nonprofit researching cancer immunotherapy, training the body's immune system to fight all forms of cancer. This is a mission and a future that I truly believe in. And myself and my team worked tirelessly over the past five years to raise over $50,000 for this cause. This year, we're aiming for our biggest single goal to date of $20,000, and we cannot do it without your help. Please join us for the event May 19th through the 21st, starting at 9 a.m. Eastern for 45 hours of content from people all over the world. Together, we can bring hope for a future immune to cancer. The more eyes we reach, the more dollars we raise. Please help us in making this goal a reality. Together, we can make a difference.